hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. I am so glad that you're here today. I got a great guest. I got great sponsors. I got a great audience and you. It's going to be a great day. So glad you joined us at Insurance Town. Are you an independent agent who is struggling to find markets to get those contracts you need? Uh, or to even balance those multiple carry relationships because of high production and volume commitments. Well, uh, Smart Choice is the way to go for you. They operate on a commission split, and that's it. No, no monthly fees, uh, no initiation fees, no startup cost. It is strictly commission splits. That's what differentiates them from the pack. Uh, there is uh, over nine thousand agencies. It's no wonder that the fastest growing network in the country, hands down. And they really want to help you to grow. They'll even negotiate higher commissions and lower production requirements and volume commitments. They do a fantastic job. Go to smartchoiceagents.com, click on the find a markets tab, uh, look for your contact and uh, go from there. Tell them the mayor sent you. You're going to be so glad that you did. Whether you're a startup agency or been in the business 20 years, smartchoiceagents.com. I also want to talk to you about my friends over at Coverdesk. Coverdesk does such a great job bringing virtual assistance to, sh- to your agency to help you to uh, take some of the burden of administrative tasks off your plate to help your producers, your CSRs, your staff to do what they do best and and leave all those other things to the virtual assistant to get it done. And what's even better is they've been trained in our industry. They know the management systems. They know the carrier logins and how to get around those. They know how to to do the basic insurance tasks. And then uh, you can go from there. And you're involved from the very beginning in the hiring process all the way through. You know, you're really going to enjoy working with Coverdesk. Andy does a great job over there. You can find them on social media platforms. You can also go to Coverdesk.com or email hello at Coverdesk.com. Let me jump out of the way and get into the show today with my man, Wes Becknell. He has uh, been around the block for 15 years plus. He loves our industry. He loves the young producers and and working with our industry just to better it, uh, to better our industry that we all love so much. Uh, You're going to really enjoy this conversation. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with my main man, Wes Becknell. Wes Becknell. What's happening, my man? Not much, Heath. How are you? Thanks for having me on the Insurance Town Podcast. It's great to be with the mayor. Dude, I appreciate you being on here. And for the audience that doesn't know, Wes and I go back a little ways. Um, Even, I think he's known me in several different facets of my career. We competed against each other when I was with a carrier. Then I was a producer, and we worked together a little bit. and then, you know, now full circle, you're on my podcast talking about some new things that you got going on. That's pretty cool. Well, again, thank you for letting me come on here and talk to you. It's always great to see you, though, virtually. It's a little harder these days with COVID to kind of do it face to face. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think the you know camera may make me look better, actually. So maybe this might work better for me. Uh, you can't see my gut or, you know, anything else. All you can see is the top half. So anyhow, that might help me. That might help me. Um, but I do, I am interested in, in going down memory lane with you. But uh, before I do, um, I'm going to date the podcast. I hate to do this, but today's your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So happy yeah. birthday to you for the citizens of Insurance Town. Well, thank so you. do you care about telling? We'll really date it. We'll put in a time capsule. How old are you today? 43 today. 43. Yeah. We'll put in a time capsule. We'll open this up 10 years from now and see what you were doing when you were 43 years old. Uh, hopefully but dude, happy birthday. Thank I you. am honored that you're talking to me on my on your birth your yeah. birthday. Yeah. Well, That's no really problem. cool. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, a day, another day vertical is a good day. So we'll take that, what we can get. Dude, that is right. Um, yeah. I do have to brag because I'm two years behind you. So, but all this gray, I look a hell of a lot older than you. So, you know, <laughs> so I'll, I'll gotta, tell you a funny story. I grew my beard out the first time and I was at home and my oldest was probably five or six at the time. He was a young guy. He's, he's 11 now. And 
he thinks he's 23, but we were sitting there and he walked up to me. He goes, dad, uh, can I have some powdered donuts? I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, I want some powdered donuts. I was like, I, don't, I haven't had any donuts. Cause what's on your chin? I was like, what? Oh, oh okay. Well played young man. Well played. You oh, that is so funny. That's yeah, so he, thought, he thought I had been eating powdered donuts that got them all over my face. But I told him, I was like, no, oh. this, is, this is you. Oh, that is hilarious. Yeah. You know, uh, I had a time when, you know, my youngest daughter, she's eight now, but when I used to put her to bed, um, I would, you know, and she, I always made fun of her because she had this like keen sense of smell and I'd come to tuck her in, tell her good night. And one night, you know, uh, just tucking her in. She goes, I want a cookie. I was like, what? Like she could smell it on my breath. She knew that I had a cookie and she wanted one. Then it became this game with her forever. She would try to guess what I ate right before I tucked her in. And so kids are funny that way. Um, so powdered donuts. So I'll just call this my powdered donut juice, I guess, or powder. Anyway, yeah. um, let's get into, because we may have to edit this out. People may not care about powdered donuts and cookies, <laughs> but uh, if not, we'll leave it and have fun with it. So let's take a walk down memory lane. Take me back as far as you want to. Tell me how you got into insurance, actually, and then lead me up to where you are today, because you just changed. Yeah. So I want to yeah. hear about it. So I, I fell into insurance on accident. I, I am uh, one of the many who didn't have a tie to insurance at all. So my my dad is in the, in the oil and gas business. My mom's a teacher. You know, I grew up in a small town in Northeast Texas. Um, you know, my mom graduated from high school in the same town I did. So did my grandfather and my grandmother. I think my great grandmother even graduated from high school there as well. So it's a small town. So I moved away, went to college, got out of college, was just kind of being a kid, even though I was really an adult, I uh, have a kind of a Peter Pan syndrome. And uh, it's, it stopped now that I got married because uh, she made me. But I just didn't want to grow up. So I didn't want a real job. And my roommate was an insurance agent. He goes, you should come work here. I'm like, I, like, I, I don't even know. I don't even know how to. What, what is insurance? I was like, I know I pay my premiums for my car insurance. I pay my premiums for my health insurance. That's all I knew about insurance. And so I went over there and interviewed with this agency in Western Oklahoma and they hired me, uh, probably the worst decision they ever made. Uh, but I fooled them well enough that they, they, they got me on board and got me in. And it was a love affair from the get go. Like I've absolutely just loved this business. I, I did that for a year and then I wanted to be a producer full time. So I flew down to San Antonio and rode around with an agency owner down there and he took me around to all his different locations, like seven offices. And he took me each one, introduced me to people and I flew home. I thought, well, okay, I didn't get the job. He called me a week later. He goes, you ready to start? I'm like, yeah. So he goes, all right, we're going to start. So I didn't know anybody down there. I didn't know a soul. I drove to a U-Haul place, went to my apartment in Western Oklahoma, loaded it up and moved to South Texas without knowing a soul and became a producer and did that for Oh, seven, eight years, something like that. Um, met my wife through that. So that's how I got married. I was my wife's father's insurance agent. And he, uh, one, uh, it's, it's a funny story. I, I don't know if I've ever told it, but to you, but I've, a lot of people know it. I was going there to work on his renewal and was going to talk to his book, bookkeeper. And he is a salt of the earth kind of guy. And he walked in, he goes, I walked in, he goes, he looked in, he goes, are you married? And I just looked at him jokingly, goes, hey, I appreciate it, just not interested. Like, I mean, it's just to mess with him because I thought it was funny. And he kind of got flustered. <laughs> and I walked into his bookkeeper's office, took care of the renewal and got my check and went back to the office. And he called me, he goes, hey, my wife, just, my, my daughter just bought a house. Can you come take care of her homeowner's insurance? I didn't know anything about homeowner's insurance. I was a commercial guy. So I went to the lady I worked with, like, okay, make me not sound stupid when I go do this because I don't want to, I don't want like a fool. I went over there and it was a total setup job and she knew it. I knew it. He tried to pretend like he didn't know it. And he left and I asked her out and that we went on our first date, June 7th of 08. And we were married 1220 of 08. And yeah, it didn't take long. We knew, both knew pretty quick and we've been married I mean, 13 years this December. And wow. so I did that for a while and. I got to the point where I kind of got burned out of being a producer. It was fun, but it was stressful. Like I, I don't envy producers at all. Like I, I, I'm happy for them. I love to see them succeed. I love to be able to be a resource for them to help them get to where they want to go. But that life is just not, it wasn't one I enjoyed. Like it just, I fretted over every new renewal. Uh, I didn't get heartbroken over losing. Uh, I hated it, but I didn't get heartbroken over it, but I fretted over the renewals because that was where I got paid. And I just couldn't take any more health. Couldn't take it. My, I just, I just wasn't happy. So I changed, changed roles and went to the premium finance side. And I really enjoyed that. 
that was a lot of fun. I got to really travel, meet people, kind of hone hone my uh, sales skills, and did that for a few years, like three years. But I always had a desire to get to the carrier, like because I three can help really facilitate change. And went to work for a carrier based out of Dallas. Uh, they they moved me from San Antonio to Oklahoma City to handle Oklahoma and Arkansas. And that's kind of how we became in, came in touch. And uh, I had some ties to Oklahoma. I mean, I didn't know anybody anymore in the space because I'd been gone for so I've been gone for 10, 11 years. So, you know, it changes, but went in there and uh, did that and really enjoyed it. Really working for them, helped build up the office there in Oklahoma City and really had some success in the Oklahoma City market and really enjoyed the people in Arkansas. I mean, people there are just salt of the earth. You don't meet better people than Arkansas people. They're just, they're good people. They're friendly. I I just enjoyed every minute of it. I definitely have to agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody there. I've never met a person I didn't get along with real well when it came to, to Arkansas. And then I got the opportunity to move over to Ameritrust, which was based out of Michigan, and really kind of work back in the space, uh, in the trans, in the energy space. So it's my family background. And so I did that. And help grow it. So I took a territory that was really underperforming and wasn't wasn't really very heavily penetrated. We went out and appointed a bunch of agents, grew the territory, grew double digit growth. I mean, it really doubled, started in late 18, doubled it in 18, 19, and then doubled again, 19, 20 in the middle of a pandemic. We had a great 2020. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those, I love a challenge. So uh, kind of, that's how I kind of got to Rock Lake. They're like, hey, we need somebody to come over and help build us. We don't have enough agencies. We don't have enough growth. Um, I have a friend that's a recruiter and he reached out to me and he said, can you come help? I'm like, maybe let's talk to him. So we talked to him for about a, you know, a day and we kind of, him and Hod, and they finally said, hey, we want you to come over and help. I'm, I want you to build out your own team, go hire some salespeople and kind of grow this. And that's kind of how I ended up here. So I'm at Rock Lake now and I've been in insurance for you know, 15, 16 years, something like that. And it's been, um, it's been a great ride. I couldn't have, couldn't imagine working in any other space because the, the people you get to meet, the places you get to go, I've been to some really cool spots that I never otherwise would have gone to. I mean, no one, I don't know very many people that purposely go to Bernal, Utah, and it's gorgeous. I mean, I, as a place where I walked off the plane and thought, wow, this wasn't so cold. I could live here full time. Even though I'm kind of built for, we talked about being heavy set. I'm kind of, I'm kind of built for cold weather. It was, uh, it was pretty. And then Billings, Montana is the same way. And I've just been, been able to bounce all over the place and meet some great people. And I, I can't imagine doing anything different than what I'm currently doing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, and, and you, like me, you brought up several things in uh, taking us down that memory lane. I appreciate that. But one of the things you said that really stuck with me was that it was a love affair from the get go. You know, and that's the way I feel. And so many others that I talk to that this industry is just something once you get into it, people always say I got into it by accident, but I'm so glad that I'm still here and I love it. Um, so you've done a lot of different things from, you know, underwriting, you know, or working in that or working in uh, premium finance to working for the carrier side, the agency side. What's been and not to, you know, nobody's listening. It's just me and you talking. What's been your favorite <laughs> What's been your favorite part? What's been, you know, is it really go back to just the people or what is it about, you it's know, true. the industry that's, yeah. It, it truly is. It's the relationships. It's the, it's the friendships, it's the connections. It's the, the ability to go back and give back to your community and your association and your industry. To it, you can't find an industry that is more about service to others than this one. I mean, it truly is others before self and to me, that's the epitome of what life's supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be about, hey, how can I make myself better? It's about how can I make my brother and sister better? How can I lift them up and make them the better version of themselves every day? And that's what this industry is about. And we, the cool thing is we get to help people protect their assets and take care of their businesses. And that's fun. And that's why we do what we do. But it is the fact that like I get to try to help other people reach their goals and attain their dreams. Like To me, that's what gets me up in the morning is to be able to help other people. Yeah, I tell people all the time. And I, I get the opportunity to speak in front of different groups about the industry and how important it is to me and what it means to me, you know, and it's so neat to be able to say, you know, we help open businesses, you know, we help put that 16 year old behind the wheel, uh, whether that's good or bad. We help, you know, ensure someone's, you know, uh, their home and their auto, we help them close that deal to get their debt to income ratio down to close that deal for that lender or for that title company. We, we do a lot of different things. And then on top of that, on someone's worst day when they have a claim, we're a part of that, you know, and we get to, to jump in there and be a hero or a zero, whichever one it is, but we yeah. get to be a part of that. And a lot of people that I talk to, you know, when they're telling me their own claim story, they're like, 
I didn't call my mama. I didn't call my doctor. I didn't call what I, I called you for. I called my insurance agent first. And you're right, man. Being in this relationship, you know, business is is such a, a huge thing. And insurance is more than just selling a commodity or a product. It is. I mean, that's I, I always the funniest claim story I have is I insured my dad's business for a number of years before they sold it. And uh, I had to earn it. It wasn't given to me. So it was it was the cool thing about that. But he called me one day. It was like it was early, you know, and you're a 20 something year old kid. You're not getting up at five. Now, now, now that I'm in my 40s, I do get up then. He called me at super early. He goes, hey, we had a pipe failure. And I was like, okay. He goes, I need your help. I'm like, okay, well, this is where I earn my money. Like, this is actually where the, the rubber meets the road. So I was like, okay, do this, do this. We'll turn the claim in right now because his his uh, we had it written through an MGA because of what they did. I was like, I'll get all the MGA. We'll get the claim turned in. We'll get an adjuster out there, mitigate the loss. So let's start trying to figure out ways to do that. And we we minimize the loss. Like we were talking to the adjuster. He's like, man, the thing, the steps you took, took this from a $1.2 million claim. It could have been four, five, $8 million claim. Cause that downtime, that rig time being down, that's where it kills you in the energy space. And you don't want that to happen. And so it was like, I felt like I earned earned some like cred there with my dad. I wasn't some just stupid kid. I mean, well, he probably still thinks I'm a stupid kid, but at that point, he didn't think I was as dumb as he thought I may, but may have been. It was clutch time. It was fourth quarter with three seconds left on the clock, ball in your hand, and you Good knew job. what to do. I mean, I had some great mentors, and I think that's the cool thing about this industry is and that's what I try to do is I want to be somebody that's a mentor for people who are getting into this space. I want to be someone who's like, hey, I want to call him. He'll he'll help me. I had a great mentor. I still have a great mentor. I still talk to him. Even though I don't work as an agent anymore, we still talk on the phone. This guy's name is Frank Prusky. And when I started in the business, he literally would call me in the morning and goes, let's go get coffee. Let's go make some folk, some cold calls. Let's go do this. And we would run down the road. He would just throw claim scenarios at me as, as I was driving down the road or he was driving down the road. And he would just kind of, this is what I experienced in my career. This is how you close deals. This is how you build relationships. It's not the first time you get a no that's important. It's that you keep going back until you finally get the yes or provide them a solution that they know that you're the real deal, even if you don't write it. He goes, because that will matter down the road. And so as I've been in this space, anybody that's new, I tried to gravitate towards them and go, hey, if you need help, here's my cell phone. Here's my email. Call me, text me, email me, whatever you want to do. Like, I'm happy to help. If you want to meet for lunch or coffee, let's sit down and talk. How can I, how can I help? I don't mind sharing what I've learned because it's not my knowledge. It was given to me. It's my job to pass it on to you. And it's your job to pass it on to who comes behind you because we need to perpetuate this industry. There's too many people that are leaving it because they're ready to retire and we're not replacing them fast enough. And it stinks because we could do a better job and we don't. I don't know why. I, don't, I haven't figured out the why on that. And hopefully we can we can solve it. I'd love to be part of the solution when it comes to finding yeah. that answer. And, and, and I will tell you, you know, from what I, and I've known you a long time now, I say, uh, because, you know, I've watched you come to conventions in Arkansas and watched you work a room and watch you go talk to those new producers. So I, I know what you're saying comes from, you know, a place of, of uh, authenticity because I've seen it. And I remember, you know, when I first came on to the agency, I wasn't new to the business, but I was, you know, coming back to the agency world and you'd come by the office, you know, as an I trust and you would come visit me or you invited me, you and Cash invited me to be a part of uh, heavy hitters program. I did not deserve to be a part of that, but you knew it would help me excel in my career. And uh, it was something I was very proud to be a part of. Um, and so I appreciate you doing that. Um, and before we get into those, is there anything you want to speak to on, you know, some of those other things that you were doing before we get into Philo a little bit? Uh, well, I mean, you talked about heavy hitters. And I tell you what, that was such forward thinking by Union Standard and the people there to, to put that system in place. And the, the gentleman that kind of helped get it off the ground was a guy by the name of Scott Denny. And Scott is one of the nicest humans you'll ever meet. And I... I was still on the producer side when they were kind of getting like beta testing all this and getting up off the ground. I had left the agency side before they ever got it up and running, but I was fortunate enough to be with them when we were doing it union. And I tell you what, it was, it was so much fun to talk to young producers or newer producers in the space and say, Hey, we have a chance to kind of build, build that ground level relationship with a regional carrier who wants you to succeed. You get to learn the nuts and bolts of what they do and why they do it. And you can come to home office and meet the, the president of the company who's a down-to-earth guy. Meet the uh, chief underwriting officer who's who's a great lady who knows, probably has forgotten more about insurance than I'll ever learn. Our claims guy, could he can he can control a room. Like He's one of those guys. He walks in. He's got a great person, big personality, great guy. I think he's actually retiring now from union. But he, I, we always got overwhelming responses when we did the feedback afterwards. Like, I really liked him. Like, yeah, he's just a great guy. He's a great human and he's got great stories. Like he could tell 
all these great claim stories and people love, you know, people love to watch a train wreck, right? So people loved it. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Everybody loves a good, you know, train wreck story. And there's so many times that I'll catch myself, you know, in a, in one of those train wreck scenarios and I'll be like, why am I doing this? I'm like, Oh, it's a train wreck. Um, whether it's a bad movie or, you know, a, a terrible game that I'm watching on TV or watching my kids do something absolutely ridiculous. Like, why am I watching? Or the most famous for me is watching my dog take a dump in the front yard. I can't help but watch. I'm like, why am I watching my dog take a dump in the front yard? But it's one of those things. And then they make the eye contact with you. And it gets weird. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We just went way off rails there. I'm sorry. Um, I, but, I love it. You know, uh, my audience knows I'm a little different. Um, but so let's talk about, you know, let's get back. Let's get this train back on the rails. So um, before we train wreck it. But so Philo, <laughs> um, you, you and I have talked about this briefly before we got on air. Tell me a little bit about Philo, what that means to you, and let's relate it back to what we were talking about earlier, how much you love our industry and the relationships you build. So Philo stands for Future Insurance Leaders of Oklahoma. It's a brainchild of one of the producers in the state, and it's a way to engage younger and newer people in the industry, and it's both carrier-related and it's agent-related. So you have a good mix of both people that are involved. And I was able to be in Philo a number of years back. And our you have we have like five to seven modules. So you do a sales one, you do an underwriting one. We have the legislative day where our our state lobbyists will come in and talk about what are the things are happening on the ground floor, who are the who are the key members of the legislator that you legislative body that you need to speak to about insurance related deals, uh, whether it's something that's popping up that we don't like. Hey, get a hold of your congressman or congresswoman and tell them stop. Or hey, they did a great job. Let them know they're doing a great job. And then the last one, which is my favorite, because this is the thing I love, is we do a service day. So in mine, we worked at the food bank of, of Oklahoma City. We spent a day there moving food around, packing boxes, and it was it was a great day. And it. I got a little, I got something out of every one of the sessions. Like I'm not going to pretend like I didn't. The sales one was great. We did the day we did ours was Sandler. We had a guy from Sandler come in and do it. And Mike Crandall did a great job. Our, our lobbyists did great. We did our underwriting one. Our ComSource Mutual is the state fund of Oklahoma. That's kind of the, in Texas, it's called Texas Mutual. In Oklahoma, it's ComSource. And ComSource is, uh, writes most, most of the work comp in the state. And one of their head guys there did the training. They did an underwriting piece. They did a claims piece. And it was just great because some of these agents really didn't know what a good submission looked like. Like they didn't understand that completing an Accord app is not just putting the name of the insured and their tax ID and just sending it to an eight, to an underwriter and go write this. Like that's terrible. Like he literally went and goes, listen, this is what a good submission looks like from a comp perspective. And he went by and he didn't go like drone on. He hit the high levels and you go, we want updated loss runs. And he goes, if you'll do that, you're, Submissions get processed faster if you do that. And you can see the lights going on with those new producers like, oh, I didn't think about that. And then so the rest of us company people are in there and go, yes. And we're like, yes. You know, it's almost like being at church. Hands are going up. I mean, it's like, yes. And we're like, do this. So we, we I jumped into it. It's like, listen, our underwriters have this amount of time. And that amount of time, they got to get their things done. They have new business. They have renewals. They have loss recommendations. All the things that they got to get done in a day. If your submission is not very good, you're going to go back here because they don't have time to work on it. They're going to want to work on the ones that they think they can close because in the day, we all want to write business. And so we might have to steal it from X company or Y company to write it because they want to keep it too. There's only so much business in a state. And so to write it, we want to take our best shot and we want to do our, you know, we want to go after the best ones we can win. And if you send in a halfway done submission, why we won't work on it? Like, why do you want me to waste my time? Like, and then you figure out the producers are just wasting your time too. They're just blocking markets. And we're like, okay, decline and move on. Like, you, why are we wasting our time? But Philo. Right, but for, for young producers to learn that at Philo at an early stage in their career is huge because I, it, it took me a while to learn that. It finally took me working on the carrier side to learn that, like you said, they have a small amount of time per submission, you know, and in their day. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's good uh, for Philo, you know, for the, that organization. Now, is that an organization through another organization or does it have its own board of directors, its own organization? What? It, tell me a little bit more about Philo. So Philo is the brainchild of, of a guy by the name of Chris Floyd, who's a producer at Brian and Brown, a vice president at Brian and Brown of Oklahoma. It is a subset of the big eye of Oklahoma. It is their thing. So Texas has something called Elite Texas. It's their version of Philo. It's a young agents committee. Um, it's part of their young agents. But Philo is 
is so you have to apply. So we, we put applications out every every other year is usually how we do it. We had so much interest in last year that we did a, a, did a session this year. I think we had 14 or 15 people sign up. We usually just want 10 is all we need. 10 is a good number for a file. We had, we had 14 sign up this year. So we had a really good group and it's all run by the big guy. The big guy does everything, but it costs $500 per, per person that goes. We do a couple scholarships in the event that an agency is a small agency that $500 could be hard to come up with or you know, they just don't want to spend that kind of money. We'll put some scholarships out there as well. But for the most part, it's, you know, we put it out. It's run by the a, a lady there. Her name is Shania Slavic. She is the director of member engagement at the Big Eye of Oklahoma. And she kind of coordinates all the speakers and all the sessions and gets everybody on board. But it's owned by the Big Eye of Oklahoma. It's it's their thing. We, you know, they contract out all the speakers to come in. A lot of these people we have that we've used before that spoke that has, have come to our Big Eye conferences or we've all done their training uh, like the uh, when Sandler comes, Sandler has spoke at our Young Agents Conference before. They've talked at our Big Eye Conference before. I've done personal training with with Sandler before. So we all have connections with these people that come in. And then we try to find some worthy organization for our service day. It just bounces around. Yeah, I think, you know, that's a, a big issue. You mentioned several things that, you know, I'll go back to is and one of those being, you're right that, you know, it's been said a million times and, you know, a good chuckle out of somebody listening, but the whole, you know, pale mail and stale thing, it's been brought up a gazillion times. And that is a huge epidemic or pandemic or whatever you want to call it in our industry that we're losing, um, you know, some of those generation that, you know, built our industry and we're not replacing them fast enough. You said it yourself to quote you there. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. But uh, even more important than that is when we do get them in the business, we either stick them out of desk, ignore them, or we don't pay attention to them at the industry events, or we don't they don't have enough mentors, you know, to help them out. And so uh, I think it's huge what you're talking about here. I think you're right. We don't do a very good job of identifying talent and what they're good at. There are there are some personality or assessments out there can really kind of tell you what a person loves to do. And we should do a better job as industry of finding people who bring them in this industry and find out what they're good at before we bring them and go, Hey, we have an underwriting job. And we stick them in there and they're like, well, they're not really designed for underwriting. They're designed for loss control. They're designed for actuary. They're designed to be a marketing rep. Why are we sticking them behind a desk when that is not what they find fulfillment in doing? They, when you do that, you burn somebody out and then they, they have a bad taste about this industry. And then they, then they leave and talk bad about it. It's, it's the old adage, you do one person wrong, they tell 100 people. You do one person right, they don't tell anybody. So if you don't, if we don't do a good job of bringing people in the right way and training them up in a, in a way that kind of fits the, who they are, we training should be adaptive. It shouldn't be, here's your book, learn it, go to work. It should be, what's your personality profile? How do you operate? Are you a visual learner? Are you an auditory, auditory learner? Are you a doer? Because we always just tell people, like, here it is, go, you'll figure it out. Here's, you know, jump in the deep end. They always say, we'll throw you in the deep end and see if you swim. That's, that's a terrible way of training. Like, that's just dumb. Like, let's find out what you're good at and how you are good at it. And let's maximize your ability based on your capabilities, not here's what we've always done. This is the way we're going to do it. I think that just, that burns me when people say that. That's just, we've done this for 30 years. Well, that'd be why you're not growing. And that's just dumb. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The whole adage I've talked about on this podcast before, the way it's always been done is something that just really grinds my gears when I hear that because it's irritating because, you know, if we're going to continue to do things that we've always done, we're never going to change. We're never going to integrate. We're going to continue um, to be seen as, uh, if you're listening to this and you're a used car salesman, I'm sorry, but we're always going to be seen as that, a used car salesman, or seen as, you know, uh, an industry that's behind by 15 years, you know, um, and, you know, I think that's huge. Uh, and so if understanding that in uh, Oklahoma, you've got Philo, uh, which helps you to be able to do that, but let's say that you're just, you know, you've been in the industry, let's say, you know, eight, 10 years, uh, or even further in the industry. Uh, what would you suggest that, you know, someone listening right now, if they saw a new person, if they wanted to mentor, if they wanted to, you know, help the next person, whether they're in, Utah or in Oklahoma or in California, uh, what's, you know, what's some advice you would say, you know, to help further along and bring up new people in the industry and help them out? I would say jump into your association first, because you're going to meet some great people, whether it's a PIA or it's a big guy, whatever your state has, maybe they're combined, maybe they're not, maybe there's two different entities there, whatever it may be, join, become involved. You will meet so many people who want you to succeed and who will share their wealth and knowledge with you and who are going to be resources for, for now tomorrow and five years from now. there, Some agencies have this stigma, like I don't want to you know, 
mingle with my competition. I think that's so archaic. I mean, it's just like, it's not 1955 anymore. It's really not. It, it, we're in the, we're in the, it's 2021. Times of times are different. I will tell you this. I have seen this firsthand happen multiple times where I've been with, having lunch with a producer. They'll get a call because, you know, they answer the phone. They don't not answer it. No matter what we're doing, they could be at a funeral. They're going to take their phone call because that's just, I mean, that's how they're wired. We were having lunch. They pick up the phone and they say, Hey, I got your number from so-and-so. I want to talk to you about my insurance. Their first question is, who's your insurance agent? And they'll go, Oh, if it's a friend of theirs that they've met through the association, like you've got a wonderful agent. I don't know what's going on, but if you'll pick up the phone and call them, they'll take care of this problem for you. And they just saved their business. Like they didn't have to do that. It's a dog eat dog world. Like they need to write the revenue to make, to make money, but they just took care of their friend where some people see it as like, well, I would never do that. Well, that's also why you're probably, your agency is kind of slowly growing and not seeing the exponential growth that a lot of the people I know who are seeing double digit growth year over year, because they do what? I'm just talking about. And that's what a, becoming part of an association will do for you. It builds your friendships. It builds your network. It gets you access to information that you otherwise wouldn't have. Because I keep up with the people who are, who move, move on what they're doing. And then so if an agent calls me and goes, hey, I've got this construction risk. Where would you send it? I go, well, I'd go here. Oh, I sent it there. Well, then I'd try here. Oh, I didn't think about them. I never once mentioned my carrier. Like, I mean, I, that's fine. I, I don't do construction but I'm happy to help you because I know in the event that one of my risks comes up that I do what I do, I know I'm going to get first and last look. And that's what matters. Oh, you're, yeah, you're exactly right. And I, you know, I learned the same thing when I was a carrier rep, you know, if, you know, EMC would not do it or whatever carrier I was with at the time would not do it. I would, or if their pricing was too high, uh, you know, if I knew that, cause you know, when you're, you know, a rep for a carrier and underwriter, you know, where your pricing is probably going to fall. And you could say, Hey, listen, um, we don't normally write dynamite manufacturers, but, you know, if we do, our pricing can be really high. You might want to call XYZ. They're going to do a really good job here. Uh, underwriter's name is so-and-so. I met him at the Big Eye Conference or the PIA Conference or the IAOA Conference or the whatever, Philo Conference. Um, and, and they're going to do a really good job. Tell them that Wes sent you, whatever it might be. Um, that's going to go a long way. And that's going to be a heck of a lot better off than saying, uh, you know, we don't do it, but you don't want to send it to them either. They suck. Or... You don't want to send it to that carrier because they're no good or that agency because they're no good. You know, we're, we're, in a, we're in this boat together, every one of us, uh, whether you work in, again, Utah, California, Oklahoma, or Arkansas, we're all in this boat together. And I always look at the industry as I want to further our industry. I don't, you know, it's not about me or about you or about your competition. It's about our industry. Exactly. It's about tomorrow and the next day and the next day. It's about perpetuating this industry for that. When that next generation, when I get ready to retire, that I'll feel like I'd done everything I could to make this industry better than when I found it. And, and that might be as simple as just giving back of my time and helping people at a, at a, a food, food bank or at a shelter by, or delivering, you know, delivering food or delivering pizza to an agency just to say, thank you for being good people. I, I just, I've always struggled when people just don't, want to invest in what they do. Like I don't, I, and I'm not wired that way. I, I was brought up in a way, like I watched my dad coach little league baseball and basketball and be on school board. And my mom do the same thing. And I, we were just raised that way. Like my grandfather, both of my grandfathers were on city council and or were mayor of the towns they lived in. Like they always gave back of themselves. And so it's just something that was ingrained in our family from a young age. It's not, it's not about your life is not about you. Your life should be about service. Your life should be about trying to make other people's lives better around you. And if you do that, you will live a fulfilled life. You will find happiness. I mean, there's some spirituality that goes behind that as well. I mean, there's, there's some of that, but I mean, at the end of the day, if I can make your life, your day a little bit better, I feel like I had a great day and it might not be anything around insurance. Maybe it is, but I, I just don't, I've never been able to comprehend when somebody's just, they punch in, they punch out and they have nothing to do with the rest of the time. They're there like, I just, I just do this from eight to five, but I, I want to live my life. I'm like, well, you're in the wrong industry. Cause this is, this is not an eight to five job. This is an everyday, seven day a week, 365 day a year career, because you're, you're helping secure people's livelihoods, secure, secure people's lives and making meaningful change in what they do and how they do it. Man, I love that guitar riff. Uh, but you know what that means? We're at a mid-roll ad. I got to talk to you about my friends over at Canopy Connect. They are your one-click solution to getting the deck pages. You need to quote your prospect. You know, lately I've been doing some demos with them and introducing them to some of you, my citizens out there. And each time that happens, you guys sign up and you call me weeks later like, oh my gosh, you were not lying. This is unbelievable. 
Uh, it actually works. I send this to my customers within seconds. I get the deck pages. They think it's great. I think it's great. And now you can create customizable links for your referral partner that you can send them that they use. And again, it sends you those deck pages in seconds. You get your business done. Uh, the customer's happy. The referral partner's happy. You're right in business, improving your agency. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. Uh, check it out. Use canopy.com. Tell them the mayor sent you. Let's get back to the show. And I love it. Uh, I could just drop the mic right there, or you could drop the mic. We could stop this thing right now. But uh, there's so many more things I want to get into with you. But yeah, you're right. When you talk about, you know, there is a spirituality to it. There's, you know, some religious aspect to it, whatever that religion may be. But, you know, for me, I go back to how many years ago it was when I was, you know, selling insurance. I joined an organization called BNI. I don't know if you've been a part of a BNI group, but there's a book that they, you know, kind of based around kind of like their Bible, which is the uh, Giver's Gain. Uh, and there's a book that they, you know, the guy's written. Um, and, the whole thing is just talking about, you know, you give referrals and you base everything off of um, the whole mentality of when you give, you receive back. And, you know, again, whether it's being I, whether it's spiritual, or whether it's just being a good person, I think it's going to be a whole lot better than the way things have always been done. And it irritates me. I'm with you on that. Um, you know, so uh, I could beat that horse uh, a long, long time, but for the sake of the audience, um, you know, one of the things that you, you brought up earlier as you were going through, you know, um, you, I, I do want to ask this just cause I, I'm, I'm nosy going back to the, when you left, you and say you went to Ameritrust and you're working in the energy space and the same space that your dad was in and that you grew up kind of around, what was that like for you? Was that something that was fun for you? Was that something that was a, a beat your head against the wall things that your, your family's business and what they were involved in, or what was that like for you? So my dad owned a downhole tubing and casing company. He was a partner. He didn't own it. He was a partner in it. And I, I never had a desire to work for my dad. I love my dad. Like he is my hero. Like I, I'm still, he's 60 something years old. I'm still terrified of the man. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure I could outrun him now, but if he caught me, I'm done. <laughs> right. Like, so yeah, I never wanted to work for him. Like I had no desire because I, the joke is one of us that end up dead and I'm 99% sure it'd be me. Like, cause because he just, but that's just who he is. I mean, he's, he's a great guy. He's great with people. He's one of the, the, has one of the biggest hearts, especially with my kids. Like he was never this nice to me as a kid that he is to my two sons, but that's cool. I mean, he, he's earned the right to be a grandpa, but I, I never wanted to work for him, but I always enjoyed the space learning about it because it is a, it's a high severity industry. So if there's a claim, it's not a small claim. It's always a big claim. And so to me, that was the kind of the draw and the allure to it from the insurance side. You know, at Union, we didn't do anything around energy. That was not it was a no-no, so we never messed with it. But, you know, it's something I always kept my my ear to the ground about and kept kept in touch with. And so when I had the chance to go over there and be a part of the energy sector and kind of help run the marketing sales and a little bit of the underwriting, because I helped rewrite the underwriting guidelines for our energy department, uh, which uh, was a lot of fun. It was a great learning experience. We got to kind of really start talking to agents. So I started spending some time out West. I have some had some big agents in Utah and Montana and Arizona and New Mexico and Texas that do a lot of it. So I spent a lot of time with them and Oklahoma too. I have a, a I got developed a really good relationship with an agency there in Oklahoma and south of Oklahoma City that they're a great shop and they know their spot, they know their stuff. And so got to really get to know them and learn more about what they did. So it was really for me, it was kind of energizing. Dad sold his business, so he doesn't do that anymore. But it's something that it's always had kind of a soft spot in my for me because it's something that my family did for a, for a number of years. And it was fun to kind of get back into it and learn it, learn more about it, kind of. Some of the changes from a legal perspective, from an underwriting perspective, we all know the auto market's terrible. I mean, it's, that's not, I mean, it's not like it's a, a secret we're hiding in a closet. We all know that auto liability is terrible and that you can't ever get enough rate. And we as an industry didn't do a very good job getting the rate over time. We kept, you know, a soft market kind of kept suppressing it, kept suppressing it, and kept suppressing it. Now we're behind the eight ball trying to get adequate rate. And so we're, you know, I was reading an article this morning. It seems like 2020 or 2021 could see profitability in the auto liability market for the first time in a long time. We turned in hundred, the auto liability market turned to 101 combined in 2020, which is the best it's done in forever. It dropped eight points over 19 to 20. So we could hopefully see a profit, profit in 21, which would be great. My fear is as the economy continues to open back up post pandemic, um, I'm hoping that happens that we could see more vehicles on the road, which could drive more severity just because more people are driving. We saw a decrease in number of autos on the road last year, which really helped help that. 
but it was, it's been fun, like learn, learning that piece and doing that. And that's kind of what transitioned me here. That's all we do at Rock Lake is transportation insurance. We do auto liability, FizzDam cargo, OCAC, and some non-trucking liability. And so it was, they wanted me to come over and help increase their distribution. Yeah. So, um, man, uh, that, that was a good answer. So the Rock Lake, uh, I, this is, I never heard of this, uh, and that's not, Necessarily because I'm ignorant or anything, but it's kind of a new thing, right? Well, they've been around for a while. They were called something else. They rebranded. So okay. it's, it was called Texas AUI for a while. And they okay. changed their name to Scout and started trying to like get it all kind of lined up and it didn't work out. And so uh, some trademark issues and stuff like that. So you know, we're just going to change the name to Rock Lake. So change the name to Rock Lake, going through, the, you know, the, getting that brand out there. But these guys here are all about, I mean, they're, they're tech guys. They understand the technology piece. They have uh, these rating websites that are, are very fine tuned. So they're, they're quick, they're responsive. You can get online and get eight to 10 quotes for auto liability or auto fizz dam and cargo. And then you, I mean, you get to say you go APD, do that. And you can push a button and it will pull it all of the cargo website. You enter the cargo information. Now you have another quote for cargo. And on the website, you can com- compare them. There's like a, you say you get six quotes and you want to compare two of them. You can click two of them. It'll pull them up side by side and tell you what their financial strengths are, their deductibles are. Uh, and it'll break it down. I mean, there's like just a bevy of information. Along with that, there's a website that we own called mcss.net. And it is our proprietary system. It's got millions of data points available on it. And it's it's a really neat website because it allows you to pull safer information, claim information, insurance information, MVR information, all from one website. Instead of having to go piecemeal all this stuff together, it's right there. And we use that data to help drive our decisions on our pricing. And so it's something that we offer for free where there, we have there are other products out there similar that they'll charge you to use it, but we don't. If you're a client of ours and we sign you up, you have access to it. And I was, you know, I was telling you this earlier, a funny story is when we, we have people who don't produce, we, we just turn them off. I mean, no harm, no foul. We're not for everybody. And we get that. I mean, if you can't see that in the insurance space, why are you doing what you're doing? So we, we weren't uh, for everybody. So we turned somebody off and then they go, hey, hey, we lost access to mcss.net. We're like, yeah. I mean, that's our website. Well, I need that. Well, I'm like, well, I need you to drive some revenue because I mean, this, I mean, while it's free, it ain't nothing. In this right. Program. And then they're like, oh, 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 okay. I didn't realize I need to do that. I mean, yeah, like I need some business here to kind of justify you using this. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get 50 to $100,000 in business. And you're like, well, that was a good. That was a good job. Turn them off, generate a hundred grand in revenue or premium. Yeah, no, you know, and you see that a lot and it's funny. Um, so, um, OC, is that like a work comp type product? Occupational yes. accident? Is that yeah, what that so, is? So yeah, tell me a little so bit about that because I know there's agents right now that are listening that have never heard of OCAC and they don't know what it is. And so I'd be interested to know, you know, uh, fill me in a little bit more on that. I know it's similar to work comp. It is. So, you know, work comp's first dollar. OCAC has the defined benefits. So usually it's a million dollars. And once you blow that million dollars, there's no more coverage. So it's cheaper historically. Uh, when work comp markets were completely out of whack in the early 90s, OCAC became more a reasonable op- option for people who couldn't afford workers' comp for high-risk industries. Uh, think oil and gas, think trucking. Those kind of risks really couldn't afford workers' comp. Well, some of these markets, uh, if you're an owner-operator, you can't buy workers' comp. You can't insure yourself, right? You can't buy work comp on yourself if you're the only person that works there, but you have to have something. So some of these contracts require you to have some kind of coverage in the event you get hurt. So you can buy OCAC on yourself. So you can buy that. Like an owner operator is driving one vehicle. They have a contract. They're foot, they're hauling, I'm gonna make something up. They're hauling fuel for somebody for a for a gas station. I'm like, well, you gotta have something if you get hurt. And so they can go buy the OCAC to cover them. So it is, it's a defined benefit. It works similarly to work comp, but there are some nuances there. Cause I mean, the the benefits from work comp can never expire. I mean, the business can go out of business and work comp will continue if you get hurt the rest of your life. Where once you blow through that million bucks, I mean, you're, it's not something that can replace workers' comp, correct? No, no, it's not a replacement. It's just an alternative. Right. It's an alternative. An alternative. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's not regulated necessarily by you know different. It's more of a like life that. and health insurance kind of product. More okay. than it is. that's kind of what it sounded like. Uh, cool. Uh, I'd heard of it before, but I wasn't necessarily uh, an expert in it. Not that I am now, but I appreciate you uh, sharing that. Okay, and so you go up to uh, 10 trucks, 20 trucks, 30? I mean, I mean what's- 30, 30 and under is kind of our sweet spot. Yeah, 30 and under is kind of our sweet spot. I mean, you get above that 30 number, it really becomes a, a numbers game at that point. And uh, we're in it to make money and to be profitable. So if it's going to be all about the dollar at the end of the day, it's going to be, hey, I need to be at X amount per power unit. We're probably not going to want to compete on it just because we know 
we know where we need to be from a profitability standpoint based on what they're hauling, where they're going, whether it be 50 miles down the road or 750 miles down the road. We like we know based on our analytics, this is where we need to be. And so we're, we're not really willing to deviate from that. And so we're going to win some business and we're going to lose some business. We're going to hold our ground because I'll steal a line from Berkeley because Mr. Berkeley is a very intelligent man. Uh, he said, uh, profit is sanity, premium is vanity. And I've tried to carry that on. I mean, like, yeah, profit first, premium will follow. If we're profitable, people will start coming to us because we're going we're gonna to stay in the market. We won't go anywhere. But if we chase dollars, losses will follow because they always do. You can't run outrun your losses. And so if somebody's buying the business, I always tell an agent, do it. It makes sense for you and your insured. You've got to do that to keep the business. Just understand when that market implodes, because if they keep doing it, it should. I'll be here. Here's what my price will be. I'll probably charge you just a tad bit more because I told you so. I always smile because we never do. But I just like to say that just to mess with agents because it's always fun to kind of yank their chain or poke the bear. And then, right, right, right. I mean, you got to get a little humor out of this industry. I mean, we're, yeah, you sure do. Yeah. I, I like what, what you said to Berkeley said. Say that again. I think that's interesting. I'm going to write that down. Profit is sanity. Premium is vanity. That was his line. I love it. I, and, and if you're a carrier rep listening, or if you're an agent, um, I may park here by just saying, because I think that's huge, because whether you're looking for a carrier to do business with, or you're a carrier underwriter, agent, or a rep, or whatever it might be, vice president of that company, I think that's huge what you said there, to focus on the profitability. And so many, you've seen it, I've seen it. If you're listening to this, you've seen it, and you're thinking of carrier right now in your head that comes into a state they bottom out pricing just to get, you know, a foothold in the market, or they want to buy up some sort of, you know, market share. And what happens six months later or two years later, they're gone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they are gone. And so you need to be careful. I mean, obviously there's going to be those agents that are going to jump on that bandwagon, write a bunch of premium, but then they have to move it a year or two later. And as we all know, time is money and that's going to take you time. So I think that's huge what you said there. And I want to, you know, hear your thoughts on a little bit more of that. Well, I just think at the end of the day, we're all, we all want to make money, right? We all want to make as much money as, as we, we want to make. I mean, whether that's a hundred thousand dollars or it's a million dollars or whatever it is, but my job, you know, as it, that was the kind of the tug and pull between underwriting and sales, like underwriting is all about profit. Sales is all about premium. Well, that wasn't, that wasn't necessarily true for me. I, while I wanted to drive in revenue, I always felt like if I could drive in enough flow, we could cherry pick what was good and ride it. Because I have, I've had the benefit of working with some amazing underwriters in my career. I, I've just been blessed that everywhere I've been, the people I've worked with have been really good at their jobs and they are really good people and they've, they're really good at picking out the good stuff and riding it. And so I, I've been, I benefited from that. And so it makes it easy. I don't have to go hunt real hard because if I drive in a hundred opportunities, you know, 40 of them are going to be dogs and it's time to get rid of them. And it's a quick no. And, and agents don't mind a quick no. And that's the cool thing about agents is they want to know one way or the other. If you can ride it, cool. If you can't ride it, Tell me just as fast. Don't just hold it the last minute because an agent's mentality is if you hold it, the longer you hold it, they think you're getting a quote. And if you wait the last minute, then tell them no, that is not, that's not good. Like that's not going to build any kind of, that's not going to build any kind of relationship with them or any kind of loyalty with them. Yeah. So I agree. And same thing on the agent side, you know, uh, if you're holding information or holding things like that, I agree. But, uh, no, I think that's, that, that's huge there. And I, and I appreciate you sharing what, what, uh, Mr. Billy Barkley said, um, but uh, I think that's uh, he is a very wise man. I think that's awesome. Um, now, going back to Rock Lake a minute, if inevitably I was a producer, two different stints, uh, you know, for a good while, inevitably, some point during your career, you're going to get that phone call, whether it's a one off or every couple of uh, months of you do, you do trucking, man, I'd love to write my trucking insurance with you. I don't know why I go country every time I talk about a trucker, but um, that's the accent I use for my trucker. So, um, Hey man, you got that you know, trucking insurance. So um, are you only wanting to work with experienced trucking insurance agents or are you looking, you'll work with that one-off guy here and there? What's that, you know, what's that look like for you? So, so our analytics tell us we have our best success with those who have like three or four transportation risk all in because they don't really have the markets they need to succeed. So while we can work with a place that writes a hundred million dollars in transportation business, our our sweet spot is that one that has three or five that can write just they write just a little bit that doesn't have access to every market under the sun. And we can help them write it and retain it. 
And the biggest thing about the set is the second piece. It's not about the writing. It's about the retaining it. Because we're going to write it at a, at a price that we think we can be profitable and keep it there. We're not going to go, we wrote it for $2,000. Well, this, this year, I got to be at six. Well, that's, you know, that does no one any good. That, that, that helps. That doesn't help the agent. That doesn't help the insured. And it doesn't help our reputation. And really, and I've kind of flipped those first two that really should be, it doesn't help the insured, which really sticks it to them. And that really makes the agent look bad. Our piece, if we do what we're supposed to in the front end, it, it takes care of itself. So if we price it where we need to be, where we, I mean, we're going to get rate every year. Let's just be honest. No carriers coming out going, well, I'm going to write for four grand. Next year, we'll write for three. No one, no one says that. I mean, we, we don't do that. We write it and we get a little rate every year because inflation and you can't buy a loaf of bread today, which you bought it for a year ago. It's just the way the world works. But we got to do it. The in- old loaf of bread example. That's it. That's, that's, you know, I've been here. I've heard it for almost 20 years. I get hearing the story all the time. I'm like, because I'm either, you know, either loaf of bread or a gallon of milk. A gallon of milk. Yeah. I hate milk. I yeah. I'm lactose intolerant. So I don't talk about milk. It makes me sick. Yeah. Loaf of bread. Yeah. I got so you. Go ahead. Sorry. Hey, who didn't love a good sandwich? So, right. <laughs> all right. Back to well, insurance. No. Okay. Yeah. So we, we, we love the agencies that the one two person shop that has a couple transportation risks. I don't mean one of my largest clients. They that's all they do is transportation, and we write you know millions of dollars for them, and they're a big shot. But I was talking to them the other day, and they said the reasons they like us so much is our responsiveness. And you know that's is that quantifiable? Sometimes it is. It's easier to tell when you're not responsive than when you are responsive when it comes to a carrier or or an MGA. I would say that uh, the people here have really been proactive in their approach in how we're going to manage the relationship. They're They've said that we haven't done a very good job in the past. They want to move forward with, hey, we're going to have real strong, meaningful, deep, deep relationships with each one of our agencies and grow with them and be a resource to them moving forward. We're going to continue to try to offer more as we move forward. We don't have a whole lot of AL markets. The goal is to add one or two to our rating site so that people can go on there and get instant and get instant quotes. And then on seven one, we're going to be rolling out something called Instabind. Once you get your quote, it's bindable. There's no talking to an underwriter. There's no talking to the anybody else. You get the number take it. It's yours. Let's go make it happen. Go sign them, sign them up, get them going. Let's issue the policy and move forward. So I think, so, with the advent, no, go ahead. Sorry. I think with that, that's going to help drive more flow for us as well. I think that's going to be a huge piece. Yeah. So producer can get on whether they're contracted or not. Let me make sure I'm right. They, they can be get contracted. on what? You got to be contracted, but it doesn't take long to get contracted with the MGA. Let's just be honest. Okay. It takes five minutes. So yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. So could you get the quote first, then get the contract? Or do you have to have the contract first to get the quote? Yeah, the contract first, we have to give you access to our rating site. So you won't have access to okay. rating sites until you have a contract, which is, I mean, once we get you up and running, I mean, literally it takes longer to program it than it does to fill out the contract. Okay. So again, once I got the contract, mm-hmm. I get that call. Hey man, you got that truck and insurance. Then you can go online to whatever the website is, Rock Lake or whatever it is, um, go to the website, key in all the information you need, and you can get the quote and bind it right then and there while the trucker's on the phone with you if you needed to. 7-1, that will be live where you can quote FizzDam and Cargo. So we have have multiple websites. You go to RLIG.com, which is our website. It's our landing page. You can go to each one of our rating sites, get in there and quote everything. And the cool thing about the rating sites is if you quote the FizzDam coverage right then, you can push a button and it'll take you to the cargo site and you just enter the cargo information. Then you got two quotes instead of one. Well, you have eight to 10 APD quotes and eight to 10 cargo quotes right then. And what we've noticed is if we, you get a straight decline across the board, that's usually some kind of human error because our market shouldn't decline you for everything. But if in the event that it does, we have something called our open markets. And if our rating sites can't ride it, our open markets can. So we can push you over the open markets and then they can get you a quote as well, which we don't have, you don't have to submit apps then either. We literally take the rating site information, you email open markets and give them the rating, like the, the tag, the numbers, like a seven or 10 digit code. And say, hey, I just quoted this online, got declined, and then shoot it over to them. They pull all the stuff from the website. They go to the open markets, get quotes. 24 hours later, you have quotes from three or four other carriers in the open market. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Um, okay, so tell me this. We'll start wrapping up a little bit. But what, I don't know why I even told you that, but what what, uh, what states are you in? You know, Are you regional? Are you super regional? Are you national? Where national. If someone's lower, listening to this, lower where 48. can they? What? Lower 48. You're kidding me. Okay. So if you're listening, you can keep listening. He's in your state. Um, yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Um, do unless, you're listening, unless you're listening in another country, uh, then you're just listening because Wes is cool. But if you want to use the product, uh, <laughs> if you want to use the product, you're into the lower 48. That's pretty awesome. Sure. And, um, you know, trucking is something that I know it came up as, in my agency career multiple times a year. And I never had a expertise in it. I didn't even know half of what I was talking about. 
So that being said, is there resources within your website or within your team of people that call up and they've only written one or two and they want to make sure they sound right and get the right coverages for their customer? Can you help them there too? Yeah. So we have a couple different teams there at Rock Lake. We, so we have our agency services leads and those guys there are your, will be our, the resource that I would tell you that can help you the most. They, their job is to make your job easy and they do a phenomenal job. They are high touch involved. They do training. So once we get you signed up, we sign you up for training. Cause I mean, you need to know how the rating sites work, the nuances to it, what to stay away from, and then how MCSS works. And so they'll do a training and show you how it works and go, hey, here's what you got to enter. And, it, and their website's pretty intuitive. Like if you leave something out, it's going to put a big red box there and go, hey, hey, dummy, you left something out. I mean, it doesn't say that, but it'd be really funny if it did. And it will sit there and tell you, hey, you need to fix this. And then they do a good job. So if you have questions and our, our underwriters are, they work with just the program. So whichever program we have, that's what they work with, whether it be you know, X, Y, or Z, whichever ones we work with, they, that's all they do. So if you have a question around that, maybe you have a risk that is written with Canal, for example, you could get a hold of the Canal underwriter and they would go through you. Here's some of the coverage issues you might have. Here's some of the, here's some of the strengths that this carrier has. Here's what I've run into from a pricing perspective. If they do X, our price is going to be here. If they do this, it's better because it's the pricing's better here. And they're just a wealth of knowledge. I mean, the people there are, they're there to help you. I, I've, it's one of the, the draws of coming. Not that I haven't had it elsewhere because I have. I mean, again, I've worked with some phenomenal people everywhere I've been. And I, I've just been, I've been blessed everywhere I've been able to work because I've never worked with people who are just like, you know, like, Ugh, I don't like working with them. I've really enjoyed everybody I've worked with, but they're, they're dedicated to the transportation industry. They know it and they want to make sure that you understand what you're selling so that you sound knowledgeable so you can close more deals. Even Cash McMillan. Even Cash McMillan. Even, hey, and today is his son's birthday. So I get to share a birthday with Carter. So uh, Dude, I always- Carter is the man. And, and I say that about Cash. He's one of my close friends and he's yeah. been a guest on the show. So people know who he is, but uh, I love that guy. Yes. Um, yeah, I need to call and tell Carter happy birthday too. But anyhow, um, so wrapping up, what, uh, how can people find you? Um, you have email address or a website you want to give out, anything like that. Uh, let's Ooh. make sure they can get a hold. Yeah, so my email address is west.becknell at rlig.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Wes Becknell. I mean, pretty easy to find. I don't think there's that many of us out there that go by by my name. So I have an uncle named Wes, but he's not on LinkedIn. So you don't have to worry about him. Uh, I That's basically the two places I am the most. Our website's easy to go to. If you go there and you enter, enter information, like you're interested in talking to us about uh, Rock Lake, it's going to push an email to me and I'll be reaching out to you. I usually send the email. I send an email. When you I get the email from them, I respond with a quick email going, hey, do you have five minutes to talk? Here's what my schedule looks like. I'd love to speak to you about what we do and how we do it. And if it makes sense for us to partner up, the appointment process is quick and I always attach the marketing flyer so you can take a look because that way you can kind of qualify us. Maybe we're not the right fit for you. Maybe you do, you know, nothing but trash haulers. Well, we're not really a market for trash haulers. So that makes sense. You don't need to talk to us, but maybe you're doing some long haul transportation. You're like, I didn't know anything about you. I'd love to talk. Uh, I'm easy to find. I don't miss much when it comes to association business. Uh, I try to attend as many conferences as humanly possible. I figure like, I feel like those are the best places in the world to get a pulse of what's going on in the industry. Um, just registered today for the Young Agents National Conference in Kansas City this year. I've loved going to those. Uh, it's just, you get to meet people across the country. I've made friends from Kansas, from California, to Nevada, uh, to Georgia. Uh, I mean, people in Michigan, I've got some friends in Michigan who they own their own agency. They're the best people in the world too. I mean, you, you can't meet better people than the Young Agent crowd at the National Young Agents Conference. You get to meet a great group of people who just, who want to do what I'm doing. And not that I, I didn't come up with this. It's just, I'm trying to perpetuate what I've been taught is make this a better place, make this a better industry, take care of those who are new into it. Uh, look for those who need help and serve them, lift them up, find ways for them to do better. Cause if, if they find fulfillment in what they're doing, they'll be in for the long haul. And that's, that's kind of what, you know, I mentioned this before. That's what we're here for. We're here to make other people's lives better. We're not here to make our life better. If you'll do what you're supposed to and serve others before self, man, you'll, you'll live a life worth living and you'll help others around you. And that's at the end of the day, if I can be remembered for that, then I feel like I've, I will live a life, a professional life worth living. Dude, I love your heart. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to ruin that because that was beautifully said. Thank you for what you do for our industry. Thank you for being you. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show and providing value to my listeners. Man, enjoy your birthday today. And I appreciate you more than you know. 
Thank you for letting me come on. I really appreciate it. It's always great to see you. Next time I'm over in Little Rock, we'll grab some pizza. Yes, I would love it. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, guys, for checking out my conversation with Wes Becknell today. I hope you truly enjoyed it, and I hope you'll reach out to my sponsors and check them out. Also, hope you'll sign up for the newsletter and subscribe to the show. Uh, again, uh, if you have an idea for your own show, go to GetReadySetPodcast.com and talk to my man, Ryan. He's on every platform. You can find him anywhere. Um, they do a great job making me look good and so many other podcasters out there. GetReadySetPodcast.com. Get Ready, Set Podcast turning your brilliant ideas into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.